Hey everyone, my name is Maggie Tang. And I'm Elena Cho. And welcome to Gourmand, a show set on empowering the next generation of food lovers and leaders. Today's guest on the show is Erica Chu. She is the managing partner of Rivers and Hills Hospitality Group. They own and operate different restaurant concepts in New York City, such as Northern Tiger, Wayla, and Little Wayla. In this episode, we chat with Erica about her upbringing in the South, starting her first restaurant, and reflecting on the past 10 plus years of being a restaurateur. Let's dig in. Welcome to Gourmand, Erica. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on the pod. Um, And so we wanted to just start by kind of doing what we always do and asking about your upbringing and uh, what your childhood was like and kind of how food may have factored in there. Oh, I got to think back now. Um, Yeah, I mean, food's always been a huge part of my upbringing in life. And being Chinese, I feel like it's, you know, most of the time that's what unites families the most. Um, You know, I grew up with my grandmas living with me for a while when I was a little kid. So um, I used to like practice violin and they would shove pieces of food in my mouth, especially like solving and, you know, scallion pancakes that they just made. Um, (laughs) And my mom, actually, she's an amazing, amazing cook. And in college, I think she started a restaurant or she was like working at a restaurant as a cook. Um, I think it was with her boyfriend at the time. So she doesn't like to talk about it. But yeah, I feel like those influences are definitely, um, I guess they're from the very beginning. Um, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina for the most part, so that's the South. So Southern food is also, and Southern hospitality is a big influence on me as well. Um, And it was really interesting kind of growing up with those influences as well as the Chinese. Kind of moving on, I guess. So what, did you ever have any inkling growing up, you know, with food as a part of your your life in that way with family? Do you ever have an inkling that that would become your career later on? Um, or were you set on a different path? Um, I think growing up, not at all. I just liked eating, but didn't really think much about it until a lot later in life, um, career-wise. I always wanted to be an artist, like a painter. So that's actually what I studied but quickly found that I couldn't do that for a living and sort of looked to other, um, I guess, creative industries to see what opportunities there were. And eventually I ended up in um, hospitality. Yeah, and how did you make that transition from, um, we know that you study fine arts at NYU. Um, How did you go from there into the world of hospitality? Um, it was really abrupt, to be honest. Um, being in New York, I interned a lot. So I worked in fashion and in photography and just kind of met people there, uh, worked as a creative director. Um, but then one day I just thought I should give it a try if I love food so much. And I was becoming more interested in sort of like the design aspects of a restaurant. So I quit my job and just started um, bussing tables one day and I helped open up the Standard Grill. Um, I guess this is a long time ago now. And then just worked my way up and just kind of never looked back. Yeah, no, it's, it's so interesting to hear that you have that kind of um, fine arts background. I'm a fine arts student right now at Penn, oh, cool. um, but also very interested in food uh, in some capacity as a career. Um, 
So I'm curious if there are ways that you feel like that background and sort of uh, the way your career path started factors into your career in food. Mm, Definitely. I think um, the ability to think creatively is really important. I think that you know, food or restaurants, obviously you have that strong design component of the whole experience. Like um, more and more, I feel like it's about the overall experience and it's harder to focus on just the food or I don't know, like just the ambiance, but it really has to come together if it's going to be a successful restaurant. Um, So in that sense, I think that, you know, design definitely helps you can work like within the restaurant you you can consider like interior design to you know how that works with the plateware the glassware even you know the weight and feeling of glasses or forks and knives there's just a lot of um i guess intangibles that i think a creative background really helps with and i think it's you have to be so detail oriented as like a restaurateur there's so many aspects you need to think about from like the music to like the decor to the food to service and i think it's something that most people just going into a restaurant don't really think about all the tiny details that went into like making making it all happen um we'd love to hear a little bit more about the story of your first restaurant and when you decided you wanted to open up a restaurant mm. So that that was like in 2012 now. I feel like that was right when Instagram was starting. So it was like a whole different world. I remember like Uber was brand new. Um, So I just feel like, wow, that was a whole different world. Um, Let me think. So that restaurant's called Yunnan Kitchen. It was one of the first regional Chinese sort of um, green market focused concepts in the city at the time. And um, as my first restaurant, I didn't really know what I was getting into. So I definitely made a lot of mistakes. Um, I got swindled. I couldn't see a lot of, you know, good locations. I could only um, access small spots that were really off the beaten path. So we opened in the Lower East Side, like by the bridge on Clinton Street. Um, and yeah, it was just very trial and error. I think I had a very clear vision of what I wanted, but then sort of, the, you know, as you mentioned before, there's so many details and moving parts that you don't really understand until you get into it um, that made it really challenging. But I learned so, so much. And it was really a great experience and and really fun just to get to know the neighborhood and, you know, start to get to know people who also worked in the food industry and being able to um talk about Chinese food in a really I think different way at the time was super meaningful and we got really you know great reviews and everything so it was just like yeah a really great experience and and the jumping um point for I guess my next 10 years yeah (laughs) um can you tell us a little more about kind of the concept behind that restaurant and um and, the, and how you were thinking about Chinese food within the context of that restaurant? Mm-hmm. So Yunnan is um, a region in China that's really close to Southeast Asia. So I think for me, I, you know, growing up eating Chinese food and living in China as well, um, traveling a lot in Asia because I was homeschooled, um, that style of 
cuisine was very new to me and very surprising and refreshing. So it was just so exciting that I wanted to bring it back to New York and just share it with people because I feel like ultimately that's what gets you in the food business. Like you, you just love something so much and you really want to share it with everybody else. Um, so that's kind of how it came together. And, you know, that cuisine really plays with a lot of um, fresh herbs, flowers, and just ingredients and flavor profiles that you wouldn't consider, I guess, Chinese off the bat. Yeah, that's super interesting. And what do you think were some of like the biggest lessons you learned from operating your first restaurant? Um, I feel like it must have come with so many challenges. And now you have so many restaurants. (laughs) Well, I think the biggest lesson and the biggest ongoing lesson is just how to connect with people. Um, You know, how do you get your staff to come together? And how do you train people? Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest lesson. And just because like a lot of people are incentivized by different things, you really just have to take the time to get to know somebody, I think. Before, maybe in the beginning, I really thought like, oh, it's just a job. Like, you know, you execute it, you just do one, two, three, but you, you quickly find out it's, you know, not that simple and people are not so mechanical, even if maybe I, I was more mechanical, I don't know, that things have changed. Um, and I think also build out, I've learned a lot about construction and permits and kind of the nitty gritty stuff like that. And that, that's a really cool and interesting thing to learn. Yeah, I feel like that's all the kind of behind the scenes stuff that you know, people don't think about the fact that you own a restaurant, like you really do have your hands in all of those different areas. Um, Have you liked that? Have you liked kind of, I guess, being a part of the entire experience and creating that experience um, in all those different areas? Yeah, most definitely. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, it's a lot. So I'm really happy to, you know, be able to grow a bit more and have a team and start, um, you know, we've built up a really great team of like core, a core group, I guess. So kind of working together with more people has been really great. Um, I feel like you're able to do a lot more, there's more ideas. And then, you know, there's like a little bit less room for error. So you have people who can help check and balance you. Mm-hmm. And with all your restaurants, what do you think is like, I guess, the future for restaurants going to look like, especially in New York City as things start to open up and um, into like a very different world? It's a good question. I don't know if I have a good answer for that because, you know, as you know, things are changing every single day. But I think that, you know, people probably value restaurants so much more. And um, I guess the opportunity they, or the place that they are where, you know, people can come together. I think that social aspect and um, just matters so much more after this pandemic. And I think people also appreciate, I guess the service industry more and more, there's more and more insight into it. And Um, I think with the popularity of all those more elaborate home kits, like people are getting kind of a taste of what it could be like working in a kitchen and 
Um, it's just a lot more transparent, which I think is very, very exciting. So I, I think that there will be a lot more um, independent projects. So that will be very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we just ordered takeout the other night from like three places. I think it was like Via Carota, Joe's Pizza, and we heated everything up. And we were like, it feels like you like cook, kind of cooked a little way because you're like heating things up and eating at home. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think what you're saying about sort of ind independent projects and things is so true. And we've seen so much innovation within the restaurant and food space in general. Um, you know, from chefs who are doing pop-ups to restaurants that are coming up with these creative ways to sort of bring that experience home. So um, that is one thing that I feel like will hopefully continue uh, even after we're able, of course, to get things back closer to normal. Um, but so kind of turning back to your restaurants, when you did open that first one, did you, at the time, did you see yourself moving on to then open more or did you see it as kind of about like that was going to be your restaurant and your one thing? I mean, I feel like I really took it day by day. When I first opened it, I don't, I don't think I had any real future plans. I was just super focused on getting this place right. Um, but then opportunities came to me I guess like people found out about what we were doing and then asked if we want to do this project and so I was just kind of very go with the flow it's like okay I can you know think about that oh that would be cool that's maybe something we could do and try out so um you know shortly after United Kitchen we were invited to Brookfield Place to do Northern Tiger which is quick service like polar polar opposite of what I had ever done um so that was really another huge learning curve and, and really great experience, but very challenging. So it just kind of went from there. I guess it's more organic than anything than planning. Yeah. Do you have a favorite restaurant of the ones that you own and operate? Oh, I feel like that's a dangerous question to answer. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, at the moment, I don't know if I should answer that, but I, I have a, like, Wayla has a special place in my heart, because I think for that one, I was the most hands-on, I think, in, in a while, I guess, or rather, no, scratch that. It's more like, so Yunnan Kitchen, you know, is a full-service restaurant. That's kind of my background and where my heart is, and then we went into quick service a little bit more, and then Wayla was the first restaurant to come back to that really full-service, um, personal kind of experience where design really mattered, and um, just like all those tiny details versus quick service, which is all about the volume and, um, you know, operations and logistics, which is really interesting, too. So I think that's why Wayla... Um, has a little special place in my heart. Can you tell us the story behind Wayla and like how the concept came to be? And like, um, I personally love it, the restaurant, love Thai food and everything. So um, would love to like learn a little bit more about how that came to be. So Wayla, also a very organic happening. Um, it is actually a concept that my friend already was starting. And she and her husband were going to open this Thai restaurant. They had this, you know, location already picked out. They had the name picked out. But 
um, they lacked sort of everything else to pull it together. And that's when they, you know, hit me up and asked if I would be interested in sort of helping them out. I'm like, oh yeah, of course. So I was just kind of helping them pull everything together. And then eventually it just made more sense to partner up with them. So that's how Wayla came about. Got it. Um, and then could you tell us also, I guess we're on the Wayla train now about Little Wayla? Mm -hmm. So the location actually came with that upstairs part. So we weren't sure what else to do there, except like, oh, we could just do like a quick, you know, easy spinoff of Wayla, um, sort of a simplified version where a lot of the neighborhood people can come in and out and just grab a lunch. So it just became Little Wayla, some, you know, something very cute, simple lunch boxes to go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and what what do you think is going to be next for uh, Rivers and Hills Hospitality? Are there any exciting new projects that you're working on? Um, yeah, we actually are working on a couple things. They are still being formed, so I can share details later. But um, hopefully this summer we should be able to launch something really cool, including maybe a rooftop. Ooh, definitely looking forward to hearing about that. Um, so kind of turning to um, a segment that we really like to do, we'd love to ask if you have any advice for people who are young or maybe around our age students who are interested in entering the hospitality industry, maybe interested in someday going on to open restaurants or enter that space. I think. Um... It's really important to do the work um, day to day to see if you can really handle it and if you really want to commit yourself to this kind of lifestyle because it is really challenging. Um, it's really exciting, but it's also very tiring. So I think it really is one of those industries where you have to have a passion for it um, and it takes true grit. So try it out. That would be my advice. And like, if you're able to find a mentor, I think that would be also really helpful and super important in navigating, um, I guess, everything that's happening today. Yeah, yeah. And on the, I guess, the topic of mentorship, I think it's so important to have mentors in whatever field you go into. How did you mm -hmm. go about finding your mentors and, or any advice around that uh, for students interested in food and beverage? I think just being involved in the industry and just um, just keeping an open open mind and saying yes to a lot of opportunities. Um, I actually don't know if I have a mentor, sadly, which is why I always say find a mentor because I know how important it is and how much um, you know how many mistakes I could have avoided maybe and um, just how much faster I could grow. And yeah, I guess that was, that was kind of sad, but yeah. <laughs> um, if there was any advice that you would tell your 18 year old self or um, when you were starting out, what would that be now that like from what you know now? I guess it would be um, to have patience and take it easy. Um, when I was 18, I, I guess I felt like every opportunity was like the best opportunity and the only opportunity that would come through, but it's so not true. Like 
just calm down and don't worry, stay focused and persevere because like you, you don't know what's going to come and a lot of stuff, you know, is up ahead. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That is so true. You never know what's going to come. And like one thing that I feel like I'm hearing from you is that so much of kind of what's happened has come from you going with the flow and, and it just coming along, um, obviously with a ton of hard work, put in there, but like, you never know where opportunity is going to strike. I think that's definitely a great lesson. Um, Yeah. And I guess kind of wrapping up here, we have a segment that we love to do called the quick fire tasting menu. So we just love to fire off some questions to you um, and see what the first thing that comes to mind is. Um, The first one is what's one kitchen tool you can't live without? Fish spatula. We haven't heard that one before. Um, Your favorite midnight snack. Oh, Shin Ramen. Um, what's your favorite takeout option right now? Well, when I'm usually in New York, I like to order from Indian Table. It's this like little spot in our neighborhood that's just so good and consistent. Yeah, I'm going to write that one down for next time. I'm, I'm from New York, so next time I'm home. Okay. Um, and then what's a must-have item in your fridge? Or pantry? White pepper yeah and finally who's someone in the industry that's doing something cool that you'd love to give a shout out to oh I said Eric Wong from Peking House I'm sorry not Peking House Peking House I really want to get back to New York so I can try their chicken awesome um well those are all great answers and I have some new like recs to write down which is always great um but yeah this was this was so great and you know so fascinating to hear about kind of your story and you know going from growing up in North Carolina to opening all these restaurants um and you know the vast variety of restaurants that you have opened I think is is amazing thanks for having me That's a wrap on our conversation with Erica Cho from Rivers and Hills Hospitality. Make sure to stop by one of their restaurant concepts the next time you're in New York City. They're all certainly on our lists. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Elena Cho. And I'm Maggie Tang. And this is Gourmand.